could be the most expensive free advice you ever get in the world. (laughs) This is the Financial Side of Life podcast, episode 22. Welcome to the Financial Side of Life podcast. Our mission, to empower you with smart financial strategies and show that it's possible to get a college education, save, invest, retire, or do whatever makes sense to help you live your best life. We'll meet amazing people and professionals who will share stories about how they do it, and together we hope to bring a little sanity to your complex financial life. And now, here is your host, Certified Financial Planner Pro and founder of Avea Financial Planning, Angie Forbotten LaRossi. Hey everybody, Angie Forbotten LaRossi here, and I want to welcome you to the Financial Side of Life podcast. Today, my guest is Travis Hornsby. I was introduced to Travis through my wide network of advisor friends, and someone thought that Travis had an interesting story to tell. And I think I I really agree. After a little digging, here's what I know about him. Uh, He was a former bond trader who retired at 25. He runs a couple of websites, millennialmoolah.com and studentloanplanner.com. And he has authored two books that are for sale on Amazon, Mastering Money in Your 20s and 30s. And 25 is the new 65, How to Retire Outrageously Early and Do Whatever the Heck You Want. Um, that last one he sells for just a buck on Amazon. And last but not least, he too has a new podcast called Student Loan Planner Podcast that launched just in February this year. So Travis, I'd like to welcome you to our program. Yeah, I hope I don't get hate mail from that introduction. (laughs) Why? I'm just joking. Uh, You know, my my, my dad would refuse it to call it a retirement. He he would always call it my sabbatical. And that's actually... That's what it ended up being. It was only off work for about two years before I started student loan planner full time. Uh, right. So that was that was fun. I traveled to 40 countries and I, I think more people should try to do, you know, early retirement slash sabbaticals, whatever you want to call it. I agree. So that's kind of where I wanted to start anyways, is tell me a little bit more about that whole story. I'm sure there's a lot of a lot more detail to to, to share there. Yeah, I just decided that corporate America wasn't for me and just found this financial independence movement called the FIRE movement. Some people might have heard about it on your show, but basically the FIRE movement is trying to retire radically early, far earlier than the 60, 70-year-old age that most people do. So Mm -hmm. I got really enamored of saving 70% of my paycheck and I made good money as a bond trader. So I put a lot of that money away and had enough that I could not necessarily never work again, but enough that I didn't have to work for a long period of time. So mm-hmm. I took advantage of that and quit my job, kind of just blogged without a plan and just traveled the world. It was a lot of fun. And I ended up getting married. And my wife is a physician, and she had a lot of medical school debt. So I realized that there was a big problem in this space that wasn't being solved. And my Excel skills and quantitative skills from being a trader were really applicable to a very complicated problem. So I, I focused on that, started making a lot of models and producing content around that specific problem of people who owe more than $50,000. And then more and more people started reaching out to us because it was such a big problem. That's how Student Loan Planner got started. And about, we're about 500 million of, uh, of, of student loan plans in so far. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, so why the focus on, on millennials and this age group, aside from the fact that it was a personal thing that you were also dealing with with your wife? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, studentloanplayer.com is really the only site that I actively maintain because it's really become such a big focus. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that the millennials have most of the debt. If you look at the, you know, composition of debt for people at different age groups, student loan debt is a massive percentage of the debt burden for people that are under 40. Um, the fastest growing segment of student loan borrowers, though, is actually over 60. So there's about, I think it's 40,000 borrowers over um, over 62 that owe six figures of student loan debt. Um, and then I might even be higher than that. That might, that might even only be the, the, the 200 K and up figure, but regardless, it's tens of thousands of people that are over 62 that owe this massive chunk of student loan debt. In some cases it's people who borrowed, you know, for their own school, but in a lot of cases, it's people who borrowed for their children. So I've had several cases with, you know, boomers that have had 300,000 of parent plus loans from sending their three children to Catholic school in the Northeast. Right. And I I listened to podcast number 12, which was about student loan hacks for those over 50. And you spoke a lot about that kind of situation. Um, I I was just at my Washington State University. It's my local state um, university that my son is starting at in the fall. We were just there on Saturday for kind of that parent family orientation day. And I sat in on the financial aid session that they had for parents there. There were hundreds of parents and they talk about, you know, a little bit of the financial aid and the different components that go into that. And, you know, the the term parent plus loan came up and it was almost like it was a non a non thing. <laughs> they spent absolutely no time on that. And I do remember her saying that um, it's not there. It wasn't their place to kind of give advice or tell parents what to do, but to give them options. And so it really brought home the fact that it is a buyer beware kind of a situation with regard to those parent plus loans. I know you're not a loan expert in that regard, you know, on the front end, but can you tell us just a little bit about the parent plus loan? Yeah, parent plus loan is something that you'd borrow once all your Stafford loans are exhausted and you have the option to either use private loans or you can use parent plus loans because that's the only source of funding from the federal government once all the Stafford loans are exhausted. So those limits for Stafford loans are super, super low for undergraduates. You know, they're only like a few thousand dollars per year. So, right. you know, so once that's been exhausted, you're looking at the parents taking out Parent Plus, which has no limit. So your Stafford loans have a super low limit, and then the Parent Plus loans have no limit. Now, the Parent Plus loans are super expensive. They're about 7.6% right now, interest rate, and the origination fee is about four and a quarter percent. So that's kind of your front end load, you know, to speak in like the financial advice uh, kind of parlance, you know, for your for your uh, for your debt there. So you have this seven and a half percent type of interest rate. That's super high. Most parent plus borrowers only take twenty or thirty thousand dollars out, which is something that is it truly it's difficult to pay back, but it's something that they will probably pay back over you know a ten year or less time frame. And you know the the interesting thing is when people start borrowing other other worldly levels of debt, you actually can put yourself into situations where optimizing social security and trying to pay as little as possible on your parent plus loans makes a lot of sense. So that's a great point that you made that they're, they're not here to tell you what to do. That's, that's just because, um, you know, that's why financial planners and, you know, folks like us, uh, make, you know, make a significant amount of money, frankly, is because we're paid to do that. And if somebody's not paid to do that and gives you free advice, you know, frankly, it could be the most expensive free advice you ever get in the world. <laughs> so, I've, I've had numerous cases where people have been advised to do things by their financial aid people that were just absolutely disastrous recommendations, you know, that cost them in some cases six figures. 
So can you, you know, can you tell a story about that? Any example? Well, the, I mean, people like that are telling people to pay their debt back. That's, 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 that could be a terrible mistake. So for one, one example is uh, I remember at NYU college of dentistry, they put in, uh, this is for a graduate program, but they put in their materials for a couple of years back that parents can and should uh, pay the accrued interest while their student is still in school so that their balance will be lower at the point where the, when the student graduates. So if a parent was going to do that, they'd have to pay about $2,000 a month. And then what would happen is, is the student would still graduate with over 400,000 in dental school debt and the student would still need to go for a forgiveness path. So that's, that's an example where all of those, you know, 25,000 or 24,000 a year of payments that the parents would make over four years, they paid almost a hundred thousand dollars and that money instead could have been gone onto a forgiveness plan where that hundred thousand could have been forgiven in 20 years and they could have paid 40% of that hundred thousand. So they could have paid $40,000 in 20 years instead of paying a hundred thousand while the student was in school. So in that case, you know, your lost amount of money would be $60,000, but it's even more than that because of the present value of, of money. So that's just one example, how a well-meaning, you know, insertion of advice by a financial aid person at a dental school, which you'd think they'd be more sophisticated than the people that'd be working in the undergraduate programs. It was actively giving people advice that would cost them, you know, a brand new Mercedes at least. And do they, are they doing that because they just don't know better? They don't know the client's full picture like a yeah. financial advisor would or like you would? Yeah, they, well, I mean, and, and I've had this case for a lot of financial advisors too. I mean, this stuff is very, very complicated. And, it and it'd be, it's like giving tax advice if you're not an expert in the tax code, right? right. So in some cases for some folks. So, you know, if, if you're going to do that, you really need to know everything. And the problem is, is there's so much to know. So, you know, for, for the case of these folks, like they're, they're well-meaning folks. I mean, I don't think people actively get into, you know, financial aid to try to hurt people. I mean, my, my mother-in-law is actually in financial aid, you know, she, she does a good, try does a good, good job to get people the, the, you know, the, the stuff they need to stay in school, get their degrees, tries to help the people that are struggling, stay in school. You know, I mean, it's, it's a noble profession. The, the problem is, is, you know, if someone's paid 40 or $50,000, they're not being paid to give financial advice. And even if you ask those people to give financial advice because you're not paying a significant wage to attract the people that would be able to do a good job giving that financial advice, you're gonna get you know, a quality that's not going to be controlled. So in some cases you might get some good tips, but in a lot of cases you could get some disastrous tips, which is you know, kind of the whole point of, of talking to somebody that knows what they're talking about. Exactly, and it is complex. It is, the more I learn about it, the more I realize what I don't know. and. You know, I'm I'm a parent of a college-bound kid. Mine is starting in the fall, and that is why I started down the path of learning about college funding planning in order to, you know, um, position my family in the best way possible going into college and being smart about that and having the hard talk with our kid about these choices and options that are available to us because we are trying everything possible to allow him to graduate debt-free or close to debt-free, and certainly not to the limits that you're talking about. It's very complex. So so a, a business like yours, can you tell us a little bit about what you what you do on a day-to-day -day basis and what kind of help you're able to give people who find themselves in a situation where they have, you know, that school is done, it's kind of behind them, or are you helping people who are currently in school? How, how are you helping folks? 
So we do do pre-debt consults. It's just something that we don't advertise. Um, so okay. we, we we do those for folks mostly that are going to graduate schools um, because that's when the, the information is the most valuable. Um, so what our vast majority of our business is helping people who already owe more than $50,000, usually from either a graduate degree or as a parent plus borrower. So that's the core of what we do. And we answer the question, how to best pay back this debt while accomplishing other things that I want to do in my life financially. So for example, you know, if somebody needs to accomplish a certain kind of investment plan to have that achieved, then we're going to point somebody in the direction of, you know, a fiduciary advisor or, you know, a betterment or a Vanguard, if they're a do-it-yourself kind of a person and say, you know, you need to figure this out. This is a good starting point for thinking about how much you need to put away for your tax bomb or what savings rate you should have or something like that. So what, what we will do is, is we'll figure out which one of the nine repayment programs is the best program for that individual. We'll tell them if we think that forgiveness versus refinancing is the right approach. We'll tell them why. And then we'll show the cost of all their different options and show the one that we think is the best. And we'll also tell them if we do think that forgiveness is the right path, how much they need to be putting away for the tax consequence that people have in 20 to 25 years when it's forgiven. And then the, uh, the last thing we'll do is, is there's actually a big implication when you're married and you have student loans. So you have to figure out whether or not it makes sense to file jointly and include your spouse's income or file separately and exclude your spouse's income. And that comes with tax penalties. And in our ex ex you know, experience, CPAs have no idea why you would file separately for student loans. So we often will have to give somebody the cost of filing separately and plus just an, a, an estimate that we disclaim that this is not a tax advice. You need to talk to a, a tax professional, but we'll tell somebody, you know, if we think that this is a scenario which is serious enough, they need to talk to someone and we'll figure that out. So for example, if somebody's making 50,000 and their spouse makes a hundred and the person with 50 K has 200 K of student loan debt, we'll tell them how to, you know, how we think that they should file their taxes and what kind of conversations they need to have with their CPA. So it's a, it's a, it's a lot of stuff and we, we've done 2000 plans. So we're, we're really good at, at doing this in a kind of a short amount of time. And, you know, we charge a one-off fee for that. So it's not like a recurring charge or anything like that. And our projected savings uh, right now are around, you know, about a hundred times the consult fee. <laughs> wow. It's a great investment then, huh? Yeah. And the I mean, peace of mind. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and not everybody has that, of course. And, and those are projected savings, not not definitive savings. Um, but but yeah, I mean, you know, the reality is, is if you can show that somebody was going to refinance, you show them that was a bad idea and explain why. And you get them onto a forgiveness plan instead. And that forgiveness plan's got one hundred fifty thousand dollar lower present value. Then that's huge savings. Right. Exactly. And so. In some cases, like some people might not even realize that they're eligible for certain forgiveness programs. Like a lot of the people with Parent PLUS loans don't even know that they can go for forgiveness. Um, a lot of the people who are working at not-for-profit employers are still not aware that they need to be using the public service loan forgiveness program. And that has huge consequences, you know, and, and, and our average client has about 280,000 of debt. There's a, a huge range around that. You know, we've got a lot of people that are 50, 60, 70,000 of debt from a social work master's degree or teaching degree. And then we also have orthodontists that have a million dollars of student loan debt and everything in between. Yeah, those numbers are staggering. It's, it's hard to even wrap my head around, you know, as a parent, if, if I had a kid going on in those career fields, how do you even plan for that? So you do, you said you do do some pre 
consultation free work? We do, and and I would say we would only feel comfortable doing that for um, for folks that are going into a graduate program. So, you know, track. yeah, or, or, or professional track, yeah. So help at studentloanplanner.com is, is the email that people can reach out to. One of our, our CFP, CFA folks would reach out to the person and tell them if we think we can help them. But I think that the, the thing for parents to think about if your kid wants to be go into a profession is I would just make sure that you, as a parent, don't, don't push the the idea because there's a lot of things with the economics of these professions that have changed that you know you might not be aware of like for example pharmacy school in 2005 the acceptance rate for pharmacy school was 31 percent today the acceptance rate for pharmacy school is 83 percent so it went from a profession that there was a shortage and it was really hard to get into school and you were guaranteed a job to now people are struggling to get full-time hours they're coming out with more debt than ever before and then pharmacy schools will take anyone with a pulse. Mm. And so if you were encouraging your kid to get a high stable income by sending them down uh, like a pharmacist route without knowing the economics of it, you know, that person could be graduating into a field where they're barely able to get a part-time job and make 60 to 80 K a year with a 300 K debt load. And you as a parent encourage that. Right. So, right. so I would say like before, you know, you send your, your child down that path, I would, I would strongly encourage folks to go to the cheapest school they possibly can for undergrad and then, you know, get a job or take a gap year and really double check that that's what you want to do. You know, don't just go right into the field. I think there's a lot of programs that you can do, you know, a six or seven year program where you go straight into your professional degree program immediately, you know, after graduating. I don't like those programs. I actually think it's better just really be cautious about what your path is going to be and be very intentional about it. So I think that, you know, take a step back from the intensity of, of college, you know, like we kind of saw with this college admission scandal, right? Like you, you don't want to have that intense pressure on somebody like really going to the cheapest school possible and, 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 you know, kind of treating everything with a healthy dose of skepticism is smart and you know, don't trust what the admissions office says about employment statistics, verify it yourself. Like on the Bureau of Labor, I think that that's a pretty good site to get some ideas on projections for job and uh, career. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And, and, and I would say, be careful with, even with that, because the, the BL, <laughs> the, the BLS like is not a replacement for talking to real life human beings. So right, if you, sure. if you're thinking about going into dentistry, you know, go talk to a, not just a, a, a guy who's 60 years old, who's owned his practice for 30 years and, and bought his degree at a, you know, at a rock bottom price, go talk to a 30 year old dentist, you know, who's just come out of school and talk to that person, right? And ask right. them the pros and the cons and maybe see if, if your kid can kind of shadow that person rather than the, you know, the 60 year old dentist that's, you know, driving, you know, a $70,000 Corvette uh, that, you know, paid $20,000 for their degree. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of bad decisions that get made because of that. Uh, I, I see because people kind of assume that, oh, I can go back in time to the 1970s and, you know, pay uh, you know, $5,000 a year for my dental degree, <laughs> which is not the case. Exactly. Which is uh, a long time gone now, <laughs> for sure. Can you tell me what a typical engagement looks like? Because I'm just amazed at the quality and the complexity of work that you're facing with kind of dealing with this issue with clients. Is it, does it, does it um, take hours and hours and hours? Do you meet face-to-face -face or how does that work? Yeah, all our consults are over the phone. So what people go, do is they Go, go to studentloanplanner.com and there's this hire us button in the menu bar and you click on that. And if you like what you read, you book with a person that corresponds to your debt amount. And mm -hmm. that, that 
that's why the fee ranges from 295 to 595, depending on the, the debt amount in your household. And so you book with that person and you're going to get a consult form. And then we know this consult form is something that we've honed after doing thousands of these plans. So we know every, every one of the 30 questions on that consult form is, has got a reason. And so people answer those questions and it's not something that takes people eons to look up. It takes about 15 minutes to complete that form. Once we get that form, we know everything that we need to know. And so we'll, basically be able to prepare the pre-work and prepare the plan. Then we have the consult with the person, which lasts usually an hour to hour, 15 minutes. And then we give them six months of follow-up questions if they have anything that they were supposed to implement that they can ask us about to make sure the transformation happens. So we like doing that in person, having those conversations over the phone. We tried doing like an online course, just found that the transformations were not happening as well. Really think, believe in this actual one-on-one human speaking to a human approach. And because we do so many of them, that's why we're able to do it for the price point that we do. So mm-hmm. that's that's uh, that's that's the reason for why we do things. And then you know, if you only focus on one thing, you can be super good at it. Exactly, exactly. All right, um, Travis. I I think as we wrap up, I wonder if you have any you know big advice or basic key advice that you would give to people who are either going into college and have zero experience with this whole student loan arrangement, you know, what kind of advice can you give to students and parents who are listening on this topic? I would say treat anything you hear from a college about as if it was talking to a used car dealer. (laughs) And that's, if you have that level of suspect, you know, kind of skepticism and arm's length, you know, dealings with them, you will, you will do much better than the 90% of people out there because everyone is, is assuming that colleges are like your physician, you know, in terms of the physician only wants to do the best thing for you, right? That's not the case. These are sales departments for for-profit enterprises, you know, that are trying to maximize their profit margins. And in some of those cases, like that works out great. Like if you go to a low, low cost in-state university, you come out with a professional degree you know, you, you're going to make a ton of money from that investment. It was a great deal. Right. But, you know, caveat and tour buyer beware, like we said in the beginning of the recording, right. You have to be the one to have that skepticism to verify everything that you're hearing and don't just blindly trust it because the people who blindly trust it are the people who end up in 200,000 in debt at 65 or 300,000 in debt as a 23 year old or something. And you're like, Mm -hmm. how did this happen? You know, it's, it's pretty simple. You, you trusted somebody that shouldn't have been trusted. Excellent. Okay. Well, Travis, I want to thank you so much for taking time today to talk to us about student loans and, and uh, some tips and advice so that people can get through that part of their life. Yeah. You know, a little bit less in debt. <laughs> I know. And, and thank you so much, Angie. And, you know, folks, there's a lot of free advice on our site too. People don't have to hire us. They, yes. can, they can go read first if they want. So if they go to the blog, there's categories on the right-hand side of the sidebar if you're on a desktop or laptop, and you'll see all kinds of, uh, you know, categories for things so like retirees, parent plus borrowers, you know, different professions that could apply to you. So that'd be a good place for folks to start. And the podcast. And the podcast, Student Loan Planner Podcast. Yeah, with lot, if you if you like listening to shows, we have everything you can imagine on that. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much again, Travis. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Angie. I want to thank my guest again for stopping by the podcast booth and sharing their unique story with us. And thank you for listening to today's program. Be sure to go to AveaFP.com to check over the show notes for details and links from our conversation. 
Have you ever wondered what your potential is for building and maintaining wealth? Right now, go to my website, aviafp.com forward slash wealth potential to take a free assessment and find out. I bet you'll be surprised by the results. Don't forget to send in your questions and I'll answer them in a special listener mailbag episode. So I invite you to come back and listen again, subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app or at aveafp.com. That's A-V-E-A-F like financial, P like planning.com. Thank you for tuning in.